A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we're speaking with Lonnie Suri. Lonnie is an expert on media and the law and has worked on many high-profile legal cases. Suri worked on the West Memphis Three case, where three teenagers were convicted based upon a coerced false confession in 1994. He has written on wrongful conviction issues and testified before the New York State Assembly Codes Committee. He is a member of the advisory group of the New York State Task Force on Wrongful Convictions. He's also the co-founder of Families and Friends of the Wrongfully Convicted. For more information, you can go to their website, wrongfullyconvicted.info. Let's hear what he has to say about the Exonerated Five and other wrongful conviction cases. Hi, Lonnie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, this is such an important subject for uh, certainly for your terrific website and, and listeners or, or followers. Yeah. Uh, as well as everybody else out there. And it's still, uh, while it's in the news, uh, people don't really know how wrongful convictions happen and what the impact is on families and, and our society as a whole. And even um, on, uh, you know, because for every wrongfully convicted, there's a right, uh, the, the con or the, the perpetrator is still in our community. And that was true, certainly in the uh, Central Park Five case. Yes, absolutely. We totally agree. This is why we do it. Um, so could you start off by giving us a little background on what you do and how and where you help legal teams fighting wrongful conviction cases? Certainly. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a niche. And, and usually when somebody mentions wrongfully convicted, 
or somebody is wrongfully convicted. It usually means that they've been in jail for 10 or 20 or 30 years, maybe even more. And what happens is their legal remedies are what we call stale. You know, uh, if, if in fact they've appealed their cases, so they don't have, there's no mandatory attorneys, even for, for the indigent, you can't have an attorney uh, handle your innocence issues. So then what's the recourse? And the recourse is often to shine a light on the case. And by shining a light on the case, you also develop new evidence. Uh, these cases are stale, they're languishing, <clears throat> and especially high profile cases at the time where they're in the news and, and the media contributed, certainly in most of these wrongful convictions, contributed to the conviction because the voice uh, essentially was the prosecutor. The narrative created uh, that goes before the jury or the narrative that went to the media of why this person was guilty and what the process and the media often took. They only had one voice in many of these cases. The defense lawyers or the family were either, un, you know, not sophisticated, afraid, not educated to uh, to how what an important role the media plays in in uh, in establishing uh, our our point of view. So my role, and, and it came to it fortuitously, I, I, it's not like I woke up one morning and said I have to, I mean, I've always been involved in, in legal issues. I, I stood before Attica the day uh, before the Attica uprising. I was a college student in Buffalo, and uh, we went as students, you know, we were all anti-war activists and political, and we went out to Attica because we were afraid of what exactly, what would happen. And unfortunately, we spent the day there bearing witness. And then basically the police kicked us out from in front of Attica. And the next day Attica was taken over by the National Guard and the police and 55 people were killed. So that started my wow. work um, in in those issues. And then, uh, you know, for one reason or another, I went into marketing and advertising and represented companies like General Motors and uh, other big companies. And then years back, about 20 years ago, I got a call from somebody and said, uh, for an old friend, he was a former police detective, and and he said, I'm working on this case and I need help. And he was kind of a savant. And he said, I need to get the information about this case out of Suffolk County, which is Long Island, which is very mm -hmm. conservative. And, and uh, it was a false confession case of a young boy who was 16 years old, who was sentenced to 50 years to life in prison for the murder of his parents. Wow. So a long answer to a short questions, we need to shine the light on these cases. And by shining the light, meaning getting the media involved, new media, old media who now are convinced, telling the narrative, changing the narrative. It's mm. sort of like a public. That's what I do. I, I worked in advertising, marketing and public relations. It's changing the narrative. It's developing a new narrative, a, a true narrative. So in the case of the Exonerated Five or the Central Park Five, yeah. so they're questioned for over 24 hours and and they're told during questioning that they would be released if they just admitted the crime. I mean, is this kind of questioning something that's usually practiced? Um, well, to it, us, it, it feels like a trap. You well, know? It, it is both. It is a trap. The, the, the most amazing thing, and this happens in a lot of wrongful conviction cases, According to the uh, Innocence Project, 63% uh, of all murder uh, exonerations uh, via DNA involved a false confession. So, and according to the Supreme Court, which uh, 
you may know of Miranda versus Arizona, the famous case about the Miranda ruling, where you're informed of your rights. Uh, the Supreme Court in its written decision said a confession is the most compelling piece of evidence you can be put before a jury. And they didn't say this. I've added it. It almost always results in a conviction. I mean, I've worked on cases where there was literally no evidence other than a false confession. Marty Tanklet's case, uh, essentially the Central Park Five. There was very little uh, evidence uh, tying them to the to the to the rape and and uh, assault of uh, of Miss Melly. Uh, granted, some of them were in the park that night. There was, I mean, it was legitimate to interview some of those young men. Uh, but essentially, what then is done is creating let's get a case, and the best way they can do is to get a confession. And police can, and they did in the Central Park Five case. You can lie to a defendant, and these kids were only. I I was with them recently. They were fourteen years old. Marty Tankler was sixteen years old, and. And, and the cre police create a scenario where the only rational answer is, uh, maybe I was involved. I, I don't know. I'll give you a great example of Marty's interrogation. Uh, he finds his parents brutally murdered in, the, in their big house. His father's still alive. He calls 911. The police come. The hospital comes. You know, they take his father away. Uh, the cops throw Marty in the back of the car and they said they're taking him to the hospital. They take him to the precinct. They throw him in a room and said, you just killed your father or killed your mother. And he said, you know, well, you know, and they start berating him and berating him and telling him the scenario. And then they tell him that his DNA was found in the in the in the in the shower uh, that is and that his hair was found in his mother's fingers. And this was complete lie. And that the knife wow. we found and not we found the bloody knife on your uh, uh, in your kitchen table, all these things. And then the next thing they did, the phone rings in the interrogation room. A police officer McCready picks it up and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, Marty, your father just woke up from his coma and he said that you attacked him. Wow. So Marty, who is a 16 year old kid who believed in the police, started saying things. It's impossible. I must have blacked out. I don't I have no. And the police said, yeah, you must have blacked out. That was essentially the confession that was never signed, never reviewed by Marty. And that confession ended up in a 50 to life sentence. And that's not unique. Yeah, so this is similar to that case yeah, uh, to the Central exactly. Park Five. Central um, Park Five. Are, are police allowed to lie during an interrogation? Yes, absolutely. In fact, uh, when uh, Forty Eight Hours, uh, I got Forty Eight Hours uh, CBS to do a story on Marty's case. They interviewed the detective, and they said you can lie. And he goes this in a, in a sneering way. He goes, "The Supreme Court gave me the right to lie." Wow! And they can still do it. Which trying to pass a law in New York state that prevents that right in the legislature. And that's how people get, get, get wrongfully committed and, and make false confessions because people, they don't, you know, nobody says I did it very often, but they, they say things that could be deemed incriminating. Like I must've blacked out, or you're telling me that so-and-so said I was there, but I don't remember being there, but maybe I walk, I mean, I don't, I don't have their confession in front of me, but, you know, maybe I walked past uh, uh, Miss Melly's body when I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, you did. You must have done that. And now all of a sudden we have incriminating evidence and we have a confession or what, wow. else, and, and, and what becomes a somewhat of a confession. The other thing we passed in New York State with the help of the, of, of the Exonerators Five was that confessions have all interrogations have to be recorded, not just a confession. Ah. See, what the, in the Central Park Five case, 
And in other cases, they they show the jury the, the, the last minute where the guy says, I, I don't know, maybe I did it. I, I don't know. They don't show the the five hours before then when he goes, I had nothing to do with this. Here's where I was. I was with my right. mother. I was with my friends. So that's not shown to the jury. So it's it's really criminal. And it's yes. in the case of prosecutors, ambition, right? Ambition. Damian Eccles, who was on death row in Arkansas in the West Memphis Three case, I helped free him when he got out. We were speaking to a large group of lawyers and they asked him, how did he get wrongfully convicted? And he said, ambition. And it was like, we were all sort of perplexed. It was like, what do you mean? The police became police chiefs. The police chiefs became prosecutors. The prosecutors became judges and the judges became a state senator on my wrongful, my death row sentence. Wow. Prosecutors are 100% of the prosecutors in this country are elected officials. They're politicians. 50% of the judges in this country are elected officials. Right then and there, you know, what are the, it's, it's, a, it's a recipe for cases that, especially high-profile cases, politicians want high-profile cases, right? They want publicity. They want fundraising. And high-profile case for a prosecutor is like, is like gold, Wow. Can you help us understand how uh, the DA is involved in in questioning uh, the defendants um, and how they run these interrogations? Well, you know, it's very interesting because, uh, in fact, I was speaking to a uh, former police chief in New York, Bill Bratton, who was a friend of mine. And I, I was telling him about a case that I was working on where the police actually had come upon the murder. They actually saw the gun being fired that killed the, uh, the victim and they arrested the guy and they brought him to the precinct. And then the, and once they're in the precincts, then the detectives and the prosecutors take over the case. So this police officer who, who saw the murder actually testified at the guy's trial, Nelson Cruz, who 25 years later is still in prison. And so it gets turned over to prosecutors and the, and the detectives division. The original cop has no say in the case even if he or she saw, had evidence. Now you could subpoena that guy and get, or a woman and get them to testify, but you have the whole system against you. And, and that's how prosecutors, uh, they're essentially the leaders of building a case. Police detectives, police officials will go to the prosecutors and tell me what you need. What do you, you know, how are we going to build a case? What are we going to do with evidence? Let me give you a great example of how people get wrongfully convicted, how cynical it is. Um, I saw an interview with a, a, a guy, Dan Slepian, who's a well-known documentary, works for you know, NBC, and he did a story about a case, and he was interviewing the police detective, and this is a wrongful conviction. The guy spent 20 or 30 years in prison. And finally, the guy got out when they found evidence that he was in Florida or somewhere else during the time of the murder. So D- Dan is interviewing this cop, the detective, and he says to him, you had the file. And you, there was a, a, a plane ticket in the file that said so-and-so was in Florida. And the cop looks at Dan and goes, that's not my job to go through his file. That's his what? lawyer. Yeah. He goes, that's his lawyer's job. That's the defense law. I have no responsibility to, to, to pl- supply evidence to anything. I mean, it was so sickly cynical <laughs> that it was shocking. But that's, that's how things I mean- Yes. And, and it, you know, going back to the uh, exonerated five, that was also the case in that they really didn't have any evidence linking them to the crime. Right. 
when you have no evidence, see what happens in, in wrongful conviction cases, there's never really an investigation. Often what we do right. is we, we call so-called reinvestigate the case. And then we find that, oh, uh, like in Damien Eccles case, we found that, that uh, uh, three witnesses that say that placed the stepfather with the children right before they were murdered. Now, according to and they said, though, this is 20 years after the murder. They said to us, nobody ever asked us. We were neighbors. Nobody knocked on our door. The police did knock on his door and say, did you see anything? And I didn't think that my information was pertinent. The fact that I saw those three kids with the stepfather hours before they were found dead, I didn't. I thought they knew that. So there really is no investigation. And what people like I do recommend is reinvestigate the case, publicize the case, set up a tip line. It's amazing how many people have information that they don't know is pertinent, that's enough to maybe reopen a case. So uh, once wrongfully convicted, how did defendants even start the appeals process? Well, you know, it's very interesting. When Marty Tankliff got out of prison uh, after 20 years or almost 20 years, and we were speaking and uh, publicly speaking, and uh, the news media came up and stuck a microphone in his face and said, doesn't everybody in prison say they're wrongfully convicted? And Marty looked at the guy like he was an idiot and said, no, but I could tell you the guys and men and women I was with in the law library likely either were wrongfully convicted or their cases were so screwed up that they had, you know, so not everybody's wrongfully convicted, but many cases involve terrible due diligence, terrible uh, legal and prosecutorial misconduct that, uh, so that's part of it. That's how they do it. And Marty wrote 50,000 letters in the 18 years he was in prison. He wrote letters to Ed Koch. He wrote letters to judges. Uh, every news person on you know every station in New York got a letter from him. Uh, years later, people would come up to him and say, oh, I got a letter from you. you know? So he, his messages never stop. And every wrongful conviction person that gets out will tell you that, that, that just keep keep going, just keep fighting for your case, keep proclaiming your innocence, go to the law library constantly. I mean, that's the hope. I mean, most people never get out or they get out on parole eventually or some cases. I'm working with a guy named Danny Rincon who was sentenced to 158 years in prison. Wow. I'm working with Pamela Smart, who was sentenced to life without parole. Uh, she's already thir- done 32 years. She's the longest serving woman inmate in New York State Prison. And her case was in New Hampshire. So never give up. That's the message. Uh, there's enough evidence of, of people who are out who, who e- or even got paroled finally or got their sentences commuted that didn't give up. So, so how, how do you think that you know, us as citizens can protect ourselves from something like this happening because we, I know I'm certainly very alarmed by this. Just the fact that it can happen to one person is extremely upsetting. Um, how can, what can we do? Well, it's so important to educate people. We, we uh, are, we, I have a not-for-profit. I was a co-founder called Families and Friends of the Wrongfully Convicted. And it's based in Brooklyn and we have a storefront. We try to educate young people to make sure to know the law. No, make sure, nobody knows their right. The reason you get a false confession is because you don't know your rights. And the police have no interest in informing you of your right. rights. I mean, even if you ask for a lawyer, they'll say, well, you're, you know. And if you're young, especially, or disabled, or, uh, you know, uh, you know, an alcohol, you know, an alcohol or, you know, and that's, you know, th- then you're not going to know your rights. It's very I joke. It's a bad joke. But I tell my kids um, who are young men, I said, don't 
don't go into the precinct of like, don't pay your tickets by going into the precinct because if there was a murder, you're walking in there. They could, you know, the, it's, it's sort of a joke saying, be very careful, be very careful what you say to police. And it's very hard uh, not to, you know, want to cooperate, so to speak. Jeffrey Deskovitz uh, is another famous false confession case. And uh, a, a, a schoolmate of his was brutally raped and murdered. And uh, Jeff was a, a, you know, had, was a troubled kid in some ways, lonely. And, and he, he wanted to help. And he went to the, either went to the precinct or asked the police officers, how can I help? How can I help? And they said, oh, yeah, come on in. Come on in. The next thing you know, he was under the desk crying, hysterical. He had falsely confessed to a crime he didn't do. Uh, because they just predict he begged for a lie detector test. He passed it. They told him he failed it. Um, this is the tactics that police and prosecutors use to get a conviction. Granted, I'm not going to say they all do that. I'm not going to say every person who commits a crime is innocent. Uh, that's not a, that's a, you know, of course not true. But if you say, there are two and a half million people in prison in any given day, if you estimate this five or 10 percent are wrongfully convicted, that's 250,000 people. They're 10% wow. of our 10% of the inmates uh, are women. So there's 250,000 women in prison. And also it's an interesting uh, statistic, 70% of women that have been wrongfully convicted or, um, or actually, or even convicted involved, were involved in a case that never happened, a crime that never happened, which is hot, much higher than men. So for example, wow. what's a crime that never happened? Baby shaken baby syndrome or being prosecuted for, you know, uh, child abuse uh, in ways that there weren't. You know, we found out many times that that, you know, babies, women who take care of babies, they're, they're, they've been prosecuted there. I've gotten calls from parents begging me to help. Their daughter was sentenced to 15 years in prison for and their daughter was a little disabled and she was babysitting. And and the, and the child got sick and she tried that. And then the parents turned against her and then she gets and then the prosecutors. That's what's so sick. It's the prosecutors that push these cases. And and young women are, are victims of these child uh, uh, abuse cases. Listen, there's a lot of child abuse, but a lot of That's these right. cases I, I find I get a lot of calls about these cases where it's clear they over prosecuted or they didn't have evidence. So they made up evidence. And we find years later that, you know, the, the forensic evidence or the medical examiners come in and they say, this child was sick. This child had a disease, the child banged their own head, you know? So it's interesting that a lot of women that have been convicted, uh, there was no crime. So knowing our rights, knowing to ask that we can ask for a lawyer, um, that's the main advice really. Well, I be very careful what, and, you know, the, the old cliche, whatever you sell, say, and it's part of the Miranda will be used. It can be used against right. you. I mean, even a traffic ticket. You know, I was talking to a lawyer recently and, and, he, and, he, and I was telling him about a speeding ticket I got. And he goes, he, he was telling me a story, but he got stopped for speeding. And, he, and the cop asked him, where were you going? Listen. And he says, officer, if I was speeding, give me a ticket. Yeah. I mean, you know, he didn't give him any information. He was very careful about what information you give. You don't know what this person, you don't know where uh, is the cop investigating a crime. And you say, well, I was going to, uh, uh, to California, you know, I was going up to Los Angeles or Brentwood and there was a crime in Brentwood. I mean, listen, these, these sound far-fetched, but that's right. how wrongful conviction happened. That's how investigations and police, because then you become a suspect. 
So it's be so, very careful what you say. I'm not saying don't trust police, but realize some ways, especially, you know, you, you could be caught up in a situation. So know your law, protect yourself, be, be polite and be fair, but realize uh, you are, you are very vulnerable. Yeah. So we're, we're running out of time, but at the end of the day, if you had to pick a person or thing, it could be a concept. We ask all of our guest experts this question. What would you, a person or thing, what would you say is to blame for the wrongful convictions of the exonerated five? If you had to pick someone or something, who or what would that be? Well, that's a very interesting question. I would say it was both the prosecution and the media because, you know, Donald Trump put an ad in the, in the New York Times saying we should bring back the death penalty. The media became the spokesperson for the prosecutors and the prosecutors know how to use, you know, they're not stupid. They're very effective. And it's my job to change the narrative. I mean, what I do when I work on cases, I contact all the, the old reporters that have reported on the original story. And I say, you know, we have new information. 20 years later, we have new information. And they're often very, if they're still around, very receptive. And they hold on to their convictions and, the, and they hold on to what they wrote 20 years ago. And it's the same thing with prosecutors now. They will fight overturning a wrongful conviction no matter what, 20 or 30 years later. I mean, I've been in court where there's so much new evidence and they're just trying to undermine it. Wow. Let me add one more, the judges. Often you'll find a case where the judge realizes this cop may be lying. He'll even, he or she'll even say it in court, yet they won't take the action to dismiss the case or, you know, throw out the evidence. And all of a sudden, then the person gets sentenced to 25 to life because the judges are part of the same system that the prosecutors are. And again, they're elected. So, Lonnie, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, helping us understand how these wrongful convictions happen and, uh, you know, shining a light on them. Thank you, Rebecca. And thank you to your audience. I think you have a great, a great website and, and you're doing great work. I was very pleased to be asked to do this. Feel thank free you, to call Lonnie. me again anytime. We will. We will. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. And fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. I mean, so fascinating talking to Lonnie and also so terrifying. Uh, I, I've, mm-hmm. I've said this before, you know, being wrongfully convicted is one of my biggest fears. Mm-hmm. And like he said, you're just so vulnerable in, in those situations that it's it's very scary. So it was it was good to you know, remind ourselves about what we can do, at least in those situations. Yeah. I and mean, you watch those TikTok videos where the people get pulled over by cops and they don't say anything. Have you ever seen those? No. Yeah. It's like, it's like this weird trend. And I've seen this guy go through like customs and he just doesn't say a word. And then he gives him a piece of paper that's saying, that says like, you know, I'm not going to answer any of your questions or whatever. <laughs> and then he gives his license and the guy tells him to move on or whatever. But you know, you watch those videos and you're like, oh, those people are paranoid. But then you hear somebody like Lonnie kind of talk about, you know, how vulnerable you are as a citizen, then you just understand it a little bit more. I can confirm that my husband, who is a lawyer, is very uh, particular about what we do or don't say when it comes to engaging with law enforcement. And we there was a traffic ticket moment. And it was very clear that he, as a lawyer, had some insight. It was like, do not say anything like it's it's just because anything can be used and it's a lesson i feel like i've learned that is helpful like yeah you don't just don't say be really selective with your words it's It's a shame that it's a it's a shame because you want to be able to trust these institutions that they'll be on your side but there's a there's enough evidence for you to not trust them (laughs) and then when you start to read about the situations we are right now yeah um so clayton what did we end up sending to uh, the alarmist jail and what did we end up giving the big slap to? Yes. I'm going to pull it up right now. And what we sent to the alarmist jail was the, a racial judicial system. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. a racist judicial system. And we gave the big slap to the district attorneys, Linda Farstein and Elizabeth Letterer. I feel like, we should switch 
<laughs> Switch it up. <laughs> we should um, I, just based on speaking to Lonnie and the kind of power that prosecutors have and uh, just the fact that they might be putting their own personal interests before the uh, safety, uh, you know, safety of our community, because when you are wrongfully convicting someone, you are allowing the actual predator to stay out. Yeah. In society. Mm-hmm. I- I thought it was interesting the point he made how that these are elected officials. Yes. So, yeah. And as we've seen, you know, elected officials officials have a a desire to stay in their elected position. So they have an right. incentive to get the big cases to make it seem like they're doing, you know, successful good work. Yeah, it's this ugly kind of marriage between media and these ambitious prosecutors is basically what he said. Yeah. So I feel like we at least in this case need to switch that. Okay. Switch that around. Um, wow. I mean, I, I'd love we to throw the, the police chiefs in there as well. Like we have our instinct too, although they're, you know, working for the prosecutor, but at the same time, they're also elected officials. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they? Well, yes. No, that's true. Yeah. yeah police chiefs are. The yeah. police chief is. Um, and if they're trying to, you know, like he said, oh my God, which was so powerful, what what is it that that will get a wrongful conviction and that's aspiration ambition ambition, ambition. <laughs> i was trying i knew it was an a word i was like oh god oh god oh god <laughs> ambition though um and that's assimilation <laughs> no that's assassination oh, what is the a word uh ambition ambition <laughs> um but seriously i mean that is so scary so i feel like let's put Let's call Let's it. Let's call it. Yeah. Prosecutors and police chief, you're going to the alarmist jail. Wow. And our judicial system, of uh, of course, is getting slapped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So terrifying, sad, sad case that, you know, perhaps we had heard of in the media uh, years ago, but really didn't know, know the nuance behind it. Um, the Central Park Five, the Exonerated Five, you know, is, is just, just a good reminder, something we should always be going back on and making sure that these things are not forgotten and that yeah. they're in the mm-hmm. forefront of our mind, really, because it can happen to anyone. It is. It's, it's, Truth. it's, it's it is fascinating. And uh, thanks to Lonnie for the work he does, you know, in sort of changing narratives and sort of challenging narratives, which is yeah. so difficult against a media that will just glom on to whatever is selling newspapers mm-hmm. or, so to speak, or getting clicks or whatever. And, you know, that can be very treacherous and difficult. So props to Lonnie and for, we'll, for his work. Yeah. And we'll post his information uh, about wrongly wrongfully convicted dot info which is the organization he's um a yes uh, co-founder of great so stay tuned be- even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Because next week, we're going to be discussing the Philippines' Pepsi number fever. Powered by ACAST.